It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Alec trying to steer around, picked off, centered, they score! Back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington, on collision, BL, center and feed, they score! This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Everybody, Nick Nolenberger here. This is your weekly roundup. The Barracuda moved above 500 with a pair of wins over the weekend and now sit at tied for third in the Pacific Division after two weeks of play. On Friday, the Barracuda scored three times in the first, including twice on the power play and upended the San Diego goals 5-1. Maxim Latunov found Paydirt at 15:47 on the power play for San Jose's first goal of 2019-20. Here's a shot from the left side, block it away, Stolar. Settle back down by San Jose. Rich shot from the point, they score! It's Latunov on a deflection. Maxime Latunov sitting in front and will deflect the puck past Stolarz and the Barracuda have their first goal of 2019-20. After Jeffrey Viel had scored at full strength, Jaden Holbwax would make it 3-0 in the first, also on the power play. Drager, shot big, rebound, Hobgawak scored! Jaden Hobgawak steps into one and pounds it home. It is 3 nothing. San Jose and the power play is cooking. In the second, forward Alexander True would make it 4 nothing. Barracuda at 14-36. Hobgawak moves in, beautiful backhand pass, Blickfeld, big rebound and Kanishov trailing and somehow it wouldn't go. Nikolai Kanishov, the fourth player in. Now a chance near side. True! Third attempt, he scores! Alexander True! After San Diego's Hunter Drew ended Yosef Kornosh's shutout bid, Johnny Brodzinski made his presence known in his Barracuda debut to make it 5-1 in the third. With this scoop the puck up in the neutral zone. Misplayed by Drew. It's going to be a breakaway for Brodzinski. Rolling puck to the backhand! He scores! Johnny Brodzinski! Kornosh would pick up his first win of the season as he stopped 23 of 24 shots he faced. And the Barracuda earned their first victory of the season. This was head coach Roy Sommer talking to the media following his club's win on Friday night. Up tonight, you know, I, I, I thought we had really two really good practices. You know, we kind of looked at uh, things we didn't do very well against Ontario. And, you know, like getting above pucks in our forecheck, we couldn't even find any. I think we found two decent forechecks. And... I, tonight there's a, a pile, you know, a whole barrel of them, and uh, but did a lot of good things, and uh, you know, I like, I like, I thought we made their goalie move east to west a lot. Like he, it could have been worse. I thought, you know, like he made some point blankers, and uh, it was a great effort tonight. Uh, goalie was good. From the, the, I thought the first eight, ten minutes we got stuck in our end a little bit, but then we started coming out a lot cleaner and, you know, created a lot off the rush. So power play looked good. 
On Sunday, the Barracuda welcomed the defending Pacific Division regular season champion Bakersfield Condors to town and erased a two-goal deficit to pick up their second win, 4-3. After a scoreless first, former Oilers first-rounder Kyler Yamamoto broke the deadlock just two minutes into the second period. Now Marodi in the near side. Back door, they score. Kyler Yamamoto, one-timer from the left side, and he beats Andrew Shortridge. And it's 1-0 Condors. But Joel Shellman would even the score with his first American Hockey League goal less than two and a half minutes later. And Shellman will whip it up the far side for Brodzinski. Brodzinski feathered back to Shellman. He scores. Joel Shellman his first goal in the American Hockey League. After Bakersfield answered with two more goals in the middle period, Alex True inched the Barracuda back within a goal in the waning minutes of the second period. Now Hobgawax into the slot. His wrister, five full score. Jaded Hobgawax from distance, able to sneak one through the wickets. And San Jose has life. They're back within a goal. In the third, down by a goal, Noel Greger ripped home his first as a pro on a three-on-one at 651 of the third. The defenseman overskated. It's going to be a three-on-one for San Jose. Greger with the puck, shoots, and he scores. Noah Greger with his first professional goal inside the near side post. And we're even at 3-3. And then Ivan Djokovic will give San Jose its first lead at 640. Now Lowe will slap it around, turnover force. Shakovic turns, shoots, he scores! Ivan Shakovic from the high slot on a turnover! The one goal of insurance would prove plenty as goaltender Andrew Shortridge stopped 26 of 29 shots he faced in route to his first professional win. Gregor spoke to the media following San Jose's Sunday afternoon victory. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think last year, you know, I didn't know if I could for sure play in the American League. And I think going back to junior, uh, really having a strong year and, and winning a, a championship really helped with my confidence. And, you know, coming into this year, I, I knew I could play at the American League, league level and uh, play pro. And uh, I think I've carried that into the season. Yeah, I think uh, even last week we had a lot of time to practice. I think it's just uh, really getting our system down. I think tonight uh, there's parts that we weren't, uh, you know, too fond of in our, in our system. And I'm sure we'll work on it during uh, this long week. I'm Nick Nolenberger, and that was your Barracuda Weekly Roundup. So welcome back. Nick Nolenberger here, joined alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Back home, week number two of the AHL season, and certainly a better narrative than we had for you last week as the Barracuda win both games over the weekend. They take down San Diego on Friday night, 5-1. They turn back around for an early start on Sunday, and they eke one out over the Bakersfield Condors by a final score of 4-3, and they showed off an ability to come back in the game as they trailed by two goals in that hockey game in the second period, got one back late in the second, and they got two two more unanswered in the final period. And as Roy Somers talked about in the early stage of this season, I've asked him about these rookie players, Joey, so far, and he, he mentioned it. If the rookies aren't on board, if they aren't producing, we're not going to have success because we're that young. San Jose is the youngest team in the American Hockey League, and if they aren't rolling, the team's just not going to have success because they're really the ones driving the ship so far. And you get all these young players that contribute over the weekend. It seemed defensively, even though the group only had 6D, there was no extras, that they hunker down, the goaltending hunker down, the forwards committed to their own end, and then were able to supply offense as well. Overall, two very good victories, different, but same result. And it's nice to see the group kind of find a groove as they come back home. Yeah, so like we said with, with Roy, he is relying on these young guys, right? They got to come in and they got to contribute right away. I think we saw that this weekend with a guy like Ivan Chakovich, who was a healthy scratch for the game on the home opener on Friday against San Diego. 
obviously they they were not happy with what they saw when they were in Ontario the week before come in kind of send a message to have this this young guy you know take a back seat and, and watch from watch from the rafters comes in on Sunday and and gets the game winner you know so guys like that I think it's they're the young guys are going to have to learn quick if they're not on board already that it's they got to be bought in on on the way the Roy and the coaching staff want to do things or else they're going to be on the outside looking in but overall I thought two good games I think the game against Bakersfield certainly, it for whatever reason, just didn't have uh, didn't have a lot of juice to it. It just felt like a kind of a slow game, and it felt like Bakersfield really controlled the tempo for majority of it. Uh, but Barracuda will sneak one out, and uh, I, I think steal two points away from a, a good Bakersfield team. Very good Bakersfield team. They have their top four scores from a season ago back, and that was the best team in the regular season during, you know, during the regular season. They had a 17-game winning streak. Of course, they got to the second round where they were eliminated by San Diego. So, yeah, you get very, two very different hockey games. I mean, I thought they had a really good jump off the bat. The power play was clicking on Friday. Now, granted, San Diego's PK has really struggled. They got about five power play goals the following night. That's a team, but, too, I expected. I thought San Diego was going to come in and be much better than they were. And they uh, still, on paper, look yeah. very – I mean, they have plenty of skill on the group. I mean, it just hasn't been a very good start for them. They've got a new coach there. Early in the season, too, you got to work out you know, work out some kinks and, yep. and get comfortable. But, yeah, I, kinda, I expected that one to be a little bit closer than it was. But nice little uh, – I know the coaching staff has been harping on it and kind of getting some revenge for what happened last year in the playoffs. So I'm sure – that one felt good for everybody who was involved in last year's playoff. Two notes. You mentioned Djokovic. I actually asked Roy, if you listen to the pregame show, I asked him about Ivan Djokovic because he got into the second game on Sunday. And, you know, he was pretty blunt about how he felt about Ivan's game and where he thought he was in training camp and leading into the season. And, you know, he recognizes that Ivan is an elite scorer. That is what he needs to contribute as offense. If he's not doing that, then his game obviously isn't being maximized to its potential. He just felt like he wasn't quite where he wanted to be. And I asked him in this way, you know, when you have a player, it's almost like a sophomore slump. Now for Djokovic, he's technically a rookie, but Mm -hmm. he has been with the team at the end of the year last two years. So, you know, coming in now as a full-time pro, I think there's a bit of an adjustment period and the expectations are already there because we've seen him excel at this level in his short kind of sample size. But good to see him get involved. Didn't get a ton, ton of ice time. I didn't look at the final numbers, didn't get a chance to see those, but I noticed that he wasn't on the ice kind of in the middle part of the hockey game does get on the ice turnover forced initially by Shelman and then Jacoba shows off that great release which is a brilliant shot as he fired it from the high slot so good to see a young player respond after the coach you know sent a message to him we kind of have to respond right because we've we've talked about the depth that we have uh with the Barracuda it's a luxury that we have but it's going to force guys to you know if you're not going to play well you're not going to be in the lineup because there are other guys who aren't playing who can fill in and take that role and I think that's what we saw on Friday, Djokovic was in the lineup. We scored five goals, you know? So I, I think it's kind of a, hopefully it's a wake up moment and it's something that he can, can learn from similar to it happened a couple of years ago with Barkley Goodrow and Goody was on the fourth line at one point. Roy was on the, on the verge of making him a healthy scratch and Goody took that match to heart. Next thing you know, he goes on an absolute tear, becomes an all-star and now he's a regular in the NHL every day. Right. So guys, guys go through spells like this, especially the young guys, but it's, it's how they react. And it seems like, Checo's taken that and and responded in the right way hopefully I mean obviously it's one game it's a small sample size but I would assume that if he has a good week of practice he's going to be back in the lineup on Saturday so hopefully it carries over you know good to see too with the team having as much time as they had off a full week having played last Friday and then not playing until this you know this past Friday at, at home 
you know, good to see the guys take advantage of a long week of practice because that's going to be the same situation this upcoming week. You mm-hmm. don't play again until Saturday in the afternoon. Then you've got another week off until you go down to Colorado or out to Colorado. So good to see the young guys taking advantage um, of a long week of practice, getting their bodies healthy, and then getting ready to play um, mentally, not only, you know, physically, but mentally for these games as well. So a um, couple good hockey games for the Barracuda, getting wins in both. Again, they came back on Sunday. We're down by a pair against a very, very good Bakersfield club. But now you sit within the top three you're tied for the third spot with Tucson um, in the division and you've got Ontario coming back into your building now after they handed you a five nothing loss on opening night a couple weeks ago so now you've got an opportunity maybe for a little bit of revenge and another mm-hmm. opportunity for a measuring stick Ontario got waxed the other night against uh, Tucson they allowed eight goals at home so um, at this point you think you know but then you don't because Tucson goes out there and, and really handed it to him so should be a pretty good hockey game this upcoming Saturday yeah we've talked about it before too where it's so early you don't want to you know count chickens before they hatch and, and try to predict what's going to happen because you never know who's going to end up end up where I mean I think I mean, Cal Peterson was was amazing when we were down there and he was amazing when they played against Bakersfield I'm not sure if he got the start against Tucson um it, I mean if he did he maybe came back down to earth a little bit if he didn't then he's obviously still the guy you want to beat uh I would expect a much tighter game this Saturday than we had uh in the season opener down there uh, I think everybody's just kind of come together a bit more as a as a unit. That camping trip that Roy takes everybody on that certainly helped. Seemed like it helped a little bit. Everybody's uh, just seems more comfortable. That, not that they weren't before, but it seems like a much closer group and the close knit groups are the ones that succeed. It seems like so. I'm excited to see how it shakes out, but I'm excited to watch you know a couple guys in particular and see how they continue to progress. Uh, I thought this past weekend to me, I, I I don't know if you saw it differently. To me, I thought the best player in the ice was Jaden Hovgolox. It was in two games. He was phenomenal. He's all over the place, controlling puck, winning battles, making smart plays. I thought he was great. So I'm excited to see if he can kind of keep that going here in his sophomore season, especially early on. And then a uh, guy Joel Shellman too has been pretty impressive. Was very impressive this weekend. Yeah, I think that's a great point to bring up. Paul Bukowski, he was named the Sharks uh, prospect of the week um, for his efforts at a goal and a couple helpers. Um, Shellman too, excellent on the faceoff try. I spoke to him mm-hmm. following game number two, and Sommer had him out there late to take faceoffs with that just that one goal leading about a minute to go with the empty net. Just kind of shows you the confidence he has in you know Shellman, who's an older player at 25 four years or so of pro experience in the Swedish Hockey League, and he looks a bit like a veteran at the American League level so far, which is a great sign because obviously the Sharks, you know, their roster isn't completely solidified at this point. There's changes being had constantly, so Shellman, you know, continuing to progress and get comfortable to the to the American Hockey League and the, the, the North American size rink and, and being ready for the Sharks if they, if they do call upon him. Quick note, though, what a difference in a week a week can make with both the big club and at the AHL oh, level, know. right? I mean, obviously the Sharks were sputtering out of the gates. They've got two wins now in a row. We lost our first game. We've got two wins now in a row. Everything seems to well, be you back get a, in you place. Know, you, you get a little help. It kind of goes a long way. I think the Sharks getting Patty back uh, certainly certainly helped uh it gives everybody a little bit it's a comfortability thing i think everybody's comfortable with with patty there and, and obviously he knows the system so he can just kind of jump right in as obviously he's in shape but on the flip side we get a guy like johnny brodzinski who comes down clears waivers and he's made an impact right away he's got points in both games i believe so he's he's been great for us too and kind of helps jump start and maybe even jump start some of those young guys who are trying to make their case to stay in the lineup a bit um yeah, you know, I post game back to Shellman talking in the locker room a little bit. Um, like even like the the winning the faceoff thing. That's a lot of thing that I think it's a big thing where people who watch the games 
may not necessarily pick up on that right away where how important winning faceoffs are and when you have someone on the ice late in games like in the past we've always seen John McCarthy be that guy but it's nice to have to be able to lean on somebody else but the team picks up on that too when I was grabbing guys for post-game media um it must have been three or four different guys grabbed Shellman and said hey you know great job winning the faceoffs there at the end and they kind of we're giving him props because that's the kind of stuff that goes unnoticed. You know, you don't get on the score sheet really for winning a faceoff too much. So um, it's, it's big to see that, and I think the guys appreciate it. And his goal, too. Tremendous goal. And, and you know, I think you may not have noticed it in, you know, live speed was the fact that Caleb Jones, I believe, is the defensive. This is a veteran kid who's played in the NHL now, and he's able to get beyond him, dip the shoulder, so as he tries to turn around and cover him, he's already got kind of some leverage, gets yep. under him, and allows for him simply to just lower his wrist, get his stick out, mm-hmm. and he deflects a perfect pass from Brodzinski, who Brodzinski and Shelman already have some good chemistry in just a couple games, but yeah. I thought that was kind of a crafty veteran move, just dipping the shoulder, getting under and behind the defenseman, and then you've got one-on-one positioning with the goaltender. Mm-hmm. He's able to tip it past um, you know, so Baker Schultz and Netminder. So. While we're talking about pretty goals, how about Noah Gregor's shot yeah. against uh, against Bakersfield on Sunday? Holy cow. Yeah, beautiful shot. Three on one, two. And, in you know, I spoke to him after the game, too, and I thought he made a really interesting point. You know, last year when he got sent back to juniors, he didn't quite know in his own mind if he could play at the AHL level. Now, confidence-wise, going into this year, he knew he was ready, and he showed it off on that three on one. Most rookies at 20 years old are probably going to try to defer I mean, past that puck. The rookies at 20 years old, they are, they are veterans and pros like who have been playing the, in the NHL for 15 years who would try to p- pass that puck yeah. off. He ripped it. He ripped it. Absolutely. Ster- perfectly placed shot. By the, time, side. by the time Starrett picked up his glove, the puck had already bounced out of the net. Like, Well, and even when I went to call the goal, I thought he had scored, but I hesitated just for a moment because it did come out of the net so quick. It was hard to tell if that where it went, but once the celebration yeah. was on, you knew it was in. But, um, yeah, just a beautiful shot. And he said it. He didn't think he had a good passing option, even though he had two other players with him. The defenseman, I guess, give him credit. The one guy back was able to kind of negate that stuff. But, you know, he let it fly and showed off a great release and a great shot. We know him for his speed. I think that's, if you were going to rate his skill set, that's right mm-hmm. at the top. But, you know, impressive stuff right there as he was able to score that goal. And then that ties the game up. And then, as we alluded to, Djokovic ends up winning the game later in the period. But seeing the young guys step up in big moments, certainly an encouraging sign. Yeah, it looked a lot like I was. I was at the game, uh, the Sharks game that night, and Kevin LeBanc had hit a nice little pretty give and go, and his shot was eerily similar. Just beat the goalie. What a play that and, was, though. Yeah, that just, whole sequence. Just beat the goalie short side, and and by the time the goalie picked up his hand, uh, he picked up his glove hand, the the puck had already bounced out of the net. Like, so I mean that to me that's it's so impressive to see guys pick corners like that, especially when the goalie comes so far out to cut off the angle. You've got such a small space to fit that puck, and these guys pinpoint accuracy, make it work. Yeah, and that just just alluding to that goal that you're talking about, where Carlson kind of led it up. He had the initial outlet pass, and just some neutral zone give and go action between, I believe, Hurdle and then LeBanc. As we're we're talking a little bit of sharks here, I almost feel like that's one of those moments you could slow down when the camera angle gets that that shot where everything slowed down, the puck's just fluttering to the mm-hmm. air. You could add some like Mozart to that or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just it magical pretty. stuff. It was pretty. I mean, it was it, that's world class skill right there. But um, same thing could be said for these young guys at the AHL showing off some high end skill, and that's I think why Sharks fans should be excited about what the future you know is for this organization. The depth is there, and Gregor's another one of those guys. Not necessarily a really high pick. He was a fourth rounder, but mm-hmm. you know not within the two first rounds and another guy the Sharks have been able to find, develop, and now, you know, looking pretty, pretty, pretty now at the American League level. Yeah, so. someone who's going to, has a, 
pretty high reputation, I think, amongst the, the coaching staff, both on the Barracuda and on the Sharks side, someone who they're expecting to fill a role at some point down the line here. Um, you know, hopefully, I could it happen this year? I think so. But, you know, time's going to tell Yeah, and see where that goes. Never a bad thing to let a guy, you know, kind of marinate in the American mm-hmm. Hockey League, understand what it takes to be a pro, um, and be around guys like J-Mac and, and, you know, even a Trevor Carrick. Guys have been there and, and kind of cut their teeth at the pro level. So, exciting stuff. So, yeah. the, the Barracuda, you know, off for another week. I mean, the schedule right now is Crazy. so light and slow to get going. I mean, it's kind of nice for our standpoint just because we're able to find a groove. For the players, though, Carrick was joking around as the Sharks uh, reassigned him this morning. He was joking around in the Barracuda locker room. He's like, when do we play again? I said, we play Saturday. And he goes, w- w- is it down in Ontario at home? Because obviously you're with two teams, hard to keep a track yeah, yeah, of the yeah. schedule. And I said, it's here. And he's like, man, I got to wait all the way till Saturday. He's like, I got to get the legs going. So when was the last time you played? Because I was thinking it was Nashville. He's like, well, I played in Chicago, but I played about a minute. Yeah. So he's like, it's kind of hard to keep my legs going and get it in game shape. But, um, you know, that's kind of how it is right now, especially mm-hmm. for a guy like Carrick, who's in and out of the NHL lineup and then back down in the AHL where, you know, the games are are – you know, once a week right now. So yeah, it can be tough. Um, yeah, hard to find a groove, but you know, I guess it's just part of the Pacific Division. When you play last game, sixty-eight, we're kind of allowing the rest of the teams in the in the league to play their you know two three weekend games, and and then it it all kind of works out in the it's end. It's nice so. though because I think it gives you know you get a week off, but when the games finally do roll around, you're healthy and these guys got energy. It's not like you're playing three games in three nights or you're playing you know, three games a week. You got some time off to to recover and get right, which is always important. And I think, uh, you know, in the long run, I think the guys appreciate that a little bit. I think when you get guys, a guy like Carrick, who's played in Charlotte and has played those 72 games, you know, when he, when he finally realizes, you know, maybe when he gets to February or March and realizes how, how good he feels and how much energy he has, how much he's going to appreciate playing a couple less games during the year. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, quick note on some other things that went down over the weekend. Of course, we announced our fifth anniversary team. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had our first introduction for fans who came to the games on either Friday or Sunday, their first intro to the Power Pour, your baby, your promotion yeah. that you uh, had uh, a huge impact on getting going. And so far, a great success. So that's exciting. If you're unfamiliar with the Power Pour, if the Barracuda score a power play goal within the first or second period, all beers half off for 15 minutes so an exciting new promotion no more friday one dollar hot dogs or two dollar beers but the positive of this is you have a full range of beers now you can choose any beer you want at 50 percent off and it applies to every single game we only had i'd say seven maybe eight friday games last year we don't get a lot of friday nights because that tends to be you know either the shark slot or a friday night concert so Mm -hmm. we tend to get those sundays or even a double header header saturday so it gives fans an opportunity to have you know you go to a game you're like hey there's going to be a chance there's a discounted beer at any game, I th- I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a big fan of the promotion. I mean, it was kind of the uh, my idea from really the start to kind of bring this to the the Barracuda game. So I'm I'm obviously a little bit biased, but I think it worked out great. Obviously, here on opening night, you get a nice big crowd. You go on the power play, you score, and in those 15 minutes, we go on another power play and we score again. So basically, what happens there is the clock just resets. So 15 minutes just starts over and you keep going. So, I so that 15 was, could roll into 25 or, or I mean, it could. Yeah. yeah. I guess technically I mean, if, it had, if we keep know, scoring yeah, goals, but yeah. uh, obviously what happened on, on Friday is pretty rare. I think only six times all last year, we scored you know back to back power play goals like that uh, in such a short period of time. Um, so it doesn't happen too often, but we're going to get power play opportunities and this team's good enough to capitalize on the power play. So I would expect that to, to happen a few more times this year. 
hopefully a couple times on this coming Saturday against Ontario. And then, uh, yeah, the fifth anniversary, fifth anniversary teams, we announced that uh, officially as voted on by Cuda Country. So if you think, you know, certain guys should have made the team or if you got you had issues with it, well, you should have cast a vote. <laughs> That's what I have to say to that is you should have cast a vote. We had John McCarthy, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc up front, Jake Middleton, Tim Heat on the back end, and uh, Aaron Dell between the pipes uh, for our fifth anniversary team. And what we're going to do is we're going to put those guys on bobbleheads for you. Uh, they're going to be three different bobbleheads during the year. So each bobblehead will be a dual bobblehead, and we're going to connect the bases together. Uh, so you, it's truly a collector set, so you have to collect them all to make it look okay. Otherwise, it's just a weird jigsaw puzzle-looking piece at the bottom. Uh, but you get all three, and it'll be a pretty cool opportunity for you guys. Yeah, they'll have the Timo Meyer, Aaron Dell, Bobola. That's Friday, November 29th. That's a 6 o'clock puck drop against Bakersfield. And the John McCarthy, Jake Middleton, Bobblehead. That's Sunday, January 12th. That's a 3 o'clock puck drop against Stockton. And then to collect all three, the third one, Tim Heat, Kevin LeBanc, Bobblehead giveaway. That's Monday, February 17th. So you've got Black Friday in there, um, which will be the first one. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of kicks it off. And the third one will be against Tucson. A reminder, all um, Bobblehead giveaways, first 4,000 fans in the building. So make sure to get there early um, for these games. But you can go to sjbarracuda.com slash promotions for our entire promotional schedule. You can see uh, the artwork there, too. You'll yeah, be able to see what the Bobbleheads look like there. I think they look pretty good. Yeah. You get each, each set of Bobbleheads is going to be in a different jersey. So the teal, the orange, and the white are all going to be represented. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty good opportunity. And, and one thing I do want to stress, it's first 4,000 people in the building. It's not first 4,000 tickets, right? So if you walk in and you got 10 tickets, we're not just going to hand you 10 bobbleheads. We're getting people as they come in the door. We want to make sure all those people get bobbleheads. Uh, so that's another important thing we want to make sure we get out to everybody. Absolutely. So the Barracuda back in action this upcoming Saturday. Again, it's a 115 puck drop, so another early start. Another hockey day in San Jose doubleheader. Also, we mentioned the uh, Power Pour promotion. Another promotion for the fifth anniversary. We have lots and lots of fifth anniversary kind of things going on throughout the year. But our $5 value menu, that includes $5 popcorn, $5 pretzels, $5 nachos, and $5 hot dogs. Part of our value menu. So lots of fun stuff. You can bring your entire family you can feed them you can enjoy yourself as well and it's uh you know we we like to we're proud of it because it's set at an affordable price as well so um, no excuse to not support the future of the sharks this is a very good hockey team and we expect some more continued success so again the barracuda in action this upcoming saturday against the ontario rainwa puck drop starting at 115 pregame coverage on the radio and at ahl tv starting at one o'clock anything else from you joe before we sign off i don't think for so the week? all right well for now now we'll say go Kuda. We'll talk to everybody next week.